Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. All pirates. Yes, they rob by. All dice to the merchant ship. Hello. Minutes after day to guide. From the bottom left But my end was made strong By the end of the Almighty We forward in this generation Triumphant Um, hello, this is Ariel Lightfoot um, I am hosting this blog radio today for Two Can View. Um, well, my name is Aria Lightfoot. I recently graduated from the University of South Florida with a master's in public administration. Uh, today we're going to be discussing public policy in Belize and doing a post-mortem of sorts of the Christmas cheer program that was seemingly a very popular program. Um, the way I'm planning to do this show, and today I will have Hubert Pipersberg, who will be discussing um, this issue with me. But the way that I am planning to address this issue is more as an educational type show rather than um, that advocacy uh, type event. But these are some of the issues that I want to um, touch on. First issue is what is government? Um, Why do we elect government? How does government get money? Should government use uh, how should government use our money? What are public goods, and what type of responsibility or obligation the government owes people when they are spending money? So, first uh, issue is what is government? Um, As simplistic as that sounds, you know when you're advocating a cause. Many people doesn't understand or don't understand the basic function of government. Well, government is a social contract that is an agreement with society between the people of a country, of an organization, of some entity, and people who are elected or appointed to run things, so to speak, Um, And that's the most simplistic form of what government is. But the reality is that government is far more complex than just running things. And government, in actuality, exists in many forms. For example, you have your principal at a school who is responsible for running that school. They're responsible to ensuring that there's enough staff they enforce rules and different things. In a form, they are government. They run things. Um, we have CEOs of different organizations, of uh, the ministries. They are running their ministry. And in a lot of ways, government exists in many form, uh, different forms in our lives. The government job really is to plan to organize, to direct, to staff, to coordinate, to report, and to budget. And in any country or any um, entity or organization, 
you have to live within a budget because the reality is that you have limited resources, um, your money and goods are limited, and many times you are dealing with a population that may actually have unlimited wants. So what you do as government is to act in a manner that you get the most use out of any type of um, endeavor, initiative, or any type of program that you are going to put out there. So in the Belize system, Belize actually has a we are we much we we pretty much inherited the Westminster system from Great Britain and we have an elected government which is only one form of government that is elected because in actuality we have three arms we have the legislative who are all the area reps that are elected which is your leader of your opposition and the party that is not in power, they are also part of your government. Then you have your cabinet, which is also your executive, and they are normally the government of the majority. And technically, this is who many people refer to as government, but they are only one part of government. But they tend to have the most power. Cabinet normally... um, is the majority party who uh, is the party that directs the public service through appointment of ministers and uh, CEOs. They also, for the most part, well, before we get into the cabinet, the other part of government is the judicial, and the judges' jobs are to interpret the laws of Belize within the confines of the Constitution because the Constitution of Belize is the supreme law. Therefore, all laws should fall within the confines of the Constitution, meaning that when these ministers or your legislative members are making laws, the laws cannot be more, give them more power than the Constitution allows them to um, actually have. So the people who actually compete to govern our constitution and government are political parties. And political parties are kind of like support groups that help get people elected. But political parties are not governments. And I think that's a very clear distinction that we in Belize need to understand. Um, most of this show will be dedicated to addressing what the obligations of the executive is, which is the cabinet. The people in power who steer the public policy and they make decisions on behalf of the people of Belize because this is where the majority of power in Belize stems from. So it is very important that we evaluate the different things that they do. For the most part, the cabinet actually controls the direction the country is going, um, the, the direction the government is taking. And that is done, like I said before, through the appointment of ministers and CEOs. These ministers appoint, the, these, the cabinet appoint ministers because they want their policies to be directed to the civil servants who carry out the government directives, of course, within the confines of laws and constitution. That is how it should function. The money, the cabinet controls money also, money in Belize. And the money does not belong to the prime minister. It does not belong to the cabinet ministers. And it does not belong to the political party that they come from. It belongs to the people of Belize, and that's what we need to drive in in the show. So how does government get money? Well, whenever you're paying any type of fees 
in Belize, for example, you want to get your driver's license or you want to register a business, those are fees that the government collect. When you're paying sales taxes, for example, when you're buying products, government gets money from sale taxes, from property taxes, from your income tax. Um, they get money when you're crossing the border and you come back and you pay different fees. They also get money from basically any fees that you pay, any tax that you pay, that's money that the government gets. And it goes into something like a bank account, which is the treasury. And for the most part, every citizen of Belize pay taxes in some form. If you need to get out your birth certificate or go buy a passport, um, pay your fees, you're paying the government taxes, and it's going into the treasury. So keeping that in mind, the spending of that money what does the government use the money that we pay into this treasury? Well, the government uses the money to pay loans. For example, sometimes the government advertises bonds, and those are loans the government are borrowing from people, and they have to pay them back in interest. We have international debts that we actually borrow from. The government have to use that money that they're collecting to pay these debts. And... The other thing that the government should be using the money for is for the welfare of all citizens of Belize, regardless of political affiliation. So how do they decide what it should be spent on? And I think this is our biggest problem in Belize, spending of public funds. Um, you know, public purpose, the public purpose, the government should be spending money on the public purpose. Who is the public? Every citizen of Belize is the public. Um, and because every citizen of, is, is the public, every citizen should get a say in what that money is spent on. But because we know the reality is that we cannot um, spend money on every single citizen, the government technically have to decide what is the best way that they can spend this money, and it should be done with the utmost integrity, and they should be reporting tools to report back to citizens how money is spent. So I'm actually going to bring in Hubert at this point here because we need to analyze the Christmas cheer program, and I want to discuss whether or not the Christmas cheer program meets the standard of what a public good is. Um, Hubert, are you on the line? Yes, uh, Aria, thank you very much. I want to um, thank you for having me on as a guest on your inaugural show. Thank you very much. Thank you for coming on, Hubert. And um, one of the reasons I brought you on is because, um, like myself, you are an expert in public policy. So one of the things I want to discuss, Hubert, is the Christmas cheer program. And one of the points I'm trying to drive in is that as the public, every citizen, every each citizen have the right to question what money is being spent on because they are the ones paying money into the public treasury. So let us evaluate the Christmas cheer program. What are your thoughts? Yeah, um, well, you know, um, first off, I just want to say that um, I don't want people to get the impression that, you know, we are nitpicking on some petty, uh, you know, pu public policy that, that, you know, just to, 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 uh, to embarrass or to uh, compromise, you know, the government's ability to do their job or to, to make it seem like we've been partisan against one group over another. I think that's not the issue here because um, uh, I just want to make that very, very clear that that's not what we're about. We're not about trying to um, to trivialize, you know, you know, these very, very important issues that, that, that are of national importance to our development. But in specifically, um, the, the Christmas cheer program came on my came under a lot of criticism. But before I get to that, since you were talking about government, the com another component to this government is something called public policy. 
And I'm just going to give a basic definition for what public policy is. It boils down to what the government choose to do or not to do. And, of course, you know, you know, particularly in Belize, but it's not exclusive to just Belize, people expect the government to do a great many things, you know. I mean, and uh, so basically public policy is uh, to regulate behavior in the society and, you know, organize bureaucrats, distribute benefits, extract taxes, uh, and, and try to do all of these things at once. And so when we, but when we look within the context of Belize, you know, um, we see that our people have this almost unrealistic reliance on government almost to the point where it, where where the you know it, it takes away from the ability to, to 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 strive and do for self you know and i think that's you have to view the christmas program within the context of what the mentality of all people are in belize today you know they look at the government for for many solutions and for me our area I belong to the camp that suggests a society will succeed best where it best articulate purposes. In short, we cannot continue to just develop policies in a piecemeal fashion to address our social, political, and economic problems through just direct government action. You know, we must have a clear, comprehensive, systematic way driven by a distinct philosophy that is articulated to the people. But here we are, some 30 years after independence, and believe administrative political, judicial, and economic system that you, that you touched on are essentially remain largest structure that it was prior to independence. You know, and, and, and as that occurs, we see this decreasing will, or at least the capacity of the state to act, but with more increased power to prevent action by anyone or other sectors other than the government. So therein, in, therein lies the conundrum as well. Well, and, you don't know, you then, think that, sorry, don't you think that a good portion of that has to do with the simple fact that people really don't understand, and not everyone, but for, for the most part, the way how political parties um, are kind of intertwined in the government of the day in the sense that there's no real separation, that people cannot distinguish between their political parties and the functions of government. I mean, back in the pre-election time, and I think what controlled a lot of what happened in Belize is the fact that there was an overseer-type power to ensure that things did not get out of hand. They had to report finances, different things, back to uh, England during that time. And today there's no oversight. So now we are left with some sort of void and if people don't understand that they are the, they are now to replace that void, they are they are now to advocate and to question what their government is doing. Because even if I am a PUP or if I UDP, it doesn't matter. What matters is that I pay taxes, mm-hmm. and because I pay taxes now, I am sponsoring the government, so to speak, in the way that uh, to give them money to carry out some of these policies. But sorry to interrupt. Go ahead, Hubert. No, well, I mean, well, Arias, above all, you're correct. I mean, but above all, above all, I think what we need to highlight is that the two major political parties are essentially the same. I mean, and they have both seemingly conspired to exclude the masses from the political process other than for them voting for them in periodic elections every five years, you know. Um, I think it's kind of like, Voting for Twiddle D or Twiddle Dumb every five years because there's really no education going on within you know within the components of, of that structure there. So so both parties are intent on perpetuating the status quo, save for a few cosmetic adaptations that they might do. You know, I you know I call it nibbling around the periphery, like with some amendments to to offset what you're saying. And uh, so it's a mere continuation of the status quo and nothing you know nothing but just you know cosmetic. Uh, and in addition to all that area, these parties have become largely irrelevant and responsive to the needs of the of these of the of Belizean public, you know, and you know, and this insistence and entrenchment of the two parties is designed to exclude serious debate about our governance and jurisprudence, including the role of any other parties, including the two parties that we have there. You know, the main reason why there is a failure of institutional permanence to the idea that we know that that we need to have those structural change reforms that you are talking about. I think it's because both 
parties, the PUP and the UDP, have effectively managed to divide the poor working class majorities along lines that has nothing to do with the policies that they followed by either party or how these parties affect their interests. Rather, it's with, you know, rather most people are just, you know, the Belizean public seem to just be, you know, concentrating on individual survival and maintenance of the, you know, economic order, the political order. Let's look at the Christmas program specifically. Um, I, and again, I, I, I don't want us to let people think that we are trying to, like, you know, you know. No, I think program. actually, I think the um, Christmas Share program is a perfect example to illustrate what the public purpose ought to be, what is being done, how it's being used, and I, I, I just don't like the name Christmas Chair because I think it's a, it's a really an appeal to emotions, but. You know, I, I tend not to look at things emotionally. I try to look at things in a logical format. But, you know, me and you involved ourselves in a debate regarding the um, Christmas Year <laughs> program. We did. And many people that came on to support it were supporting it from an emotional standpoint. There are poor people in the country that need the support and different things, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. However, um, the government job is not only a one-day program. For example, it is, you are right, we are supposed to address um, the, the issues of poverty and different things, but should we spend how much millions on one program one day? I mean, how does, let, let's be real. I don't think it's petty. I think it's significant because the amount of money that was spent on a program that as of today, um, December 29th, that food that was handed out and all those good cheers has done nothing to move the country forward. Mm-hmm. Well, it has look. done nothing to alleviate poverty, and it has done nothing to solve some of the serious problems that are in the system. So, yes, everybody felt good on Christmas Day. Santa Claus came and delivered goods around the country, but then that is not the purpose of government. The government is not there for people to feel good. The government is there to make sure that the public um, purpose is done for the ultimate good of every citizen in the country. Mm -hmm. So I don't think it's petty. So uh, let's just examine it. For example, let's discuss what's good about the program. So okay, well, you want to at least say some things that you think may be good about this program? Well, I mean, if I'm going to analyze it purely based on a public policy perspective, then essentially there's really nothing redeeming that one can say about this particular program because it's unethical, it's grossly inadequate, and it highlights the fact that, you know, this ad hoc re- reactionary way we go about policymaking. I mean, the role of public policy is to provide the greatest good for the greatest number. And... By definition, you know, it should also be, it should focus on what, what we consider as public good, which by definition is, should be, a public good should be non-rivaled and exclusive. In other words, you can enjoy it more than I can. Uh, but before you, you go there, I need you to explain to people what non-rivalrous is and exclusive or non-exclusive so that people understand what a public good should be and give examples of what is non-rivalrous and uh, non-exclusive so people understand that, for example, why giving one person something does not uh, is not defined as a public good, as opposed to making sure the mo- most people benefit from it. So, could you please explain that? Okay, fair enough. Okay, when we say something is non-rival, non-exclusive, for example, uh, let's say we're going to use the public coffers, we need to use it like the bill of school, so everybody can have an opportunity to, if they choose to, it's their choice. But they they can't be denied access to it, so that's non rival and exclusive. It's not just just Good. anyone so, in example, society can go to. Uh, sorry to interrupt you, but I I'm trying to do this more educationally. No, go ahead. Yeah. And right. I know that you are um, very educated in this field, but a lot of people don't understand what that means. So non rival non rivalrous and non exclusive, in other words, could mean that once you build it, anybody can u- use it. Park schools. Different yeah. things, roads, um, those are non-rivalrous and non-exclusive. The government, once the government builds it, 
they cannot exclude you because I am PUP or UDP to use those things. becomes a public good, right? Indeed. So Indeed. continue. <laughs> okay, so all right. I, I mean, okay, Professor, all right. <laughs> um, you know, so, okay, um, and so... Having said that, so you know, if we if we analyze the Christmas Year program based on those criteria, you know, first of all, you know, we are talking about let's okay, we're giving each each uh, representative ninety thousand dollars, as I understand it, and um, the caretaker. Well, but question was it given to each representative? That was the because this is one of my problems in the whole process. I saw non-elected officials giving out Christmas cheer. But continue. <laughs> I don't know how the I, I do not know how you know the the, the logistic of it you know actually occurred, but um, you know to give each area representative and you know including the caretakers twenty five thousand dollars ninety and twenty five thousand dollars then say hey go back to your constituents and say give out Christmas cheer okay gee let, all right you from Bumblepan for example one area has ninety thousand nine nine thousand people alone like uh, constituents. Okay, so if you give that area representative ninety thousand dollars, if you do the math, if he, even if he wants to make it equitable and fair, you know, you each person is only going to get like ten dollars per. I mean, how is that? How is that? How is that good? How, how is that going to help alleviate poverty? So it's, it's nothing more than than, than a stopgap reactionary measure because, and it and certainly not going to provide the greatest good for the greatest number because within those nine thousand people there, who who. Is it just going to be for people who uh, be in the ruling party that voted for him, that accepted, you know, the, you know, the policies of the ruling party or the, or the, or the Arabs? So therein lies the conundrum. You cannot, you cannot disseminate um, equity if you're going to do it based on a partisan or based on on, on allegiances, and that then in of it, then in, that in and of itself makes this particular policy very, very, very bad. If you want to, if you want to help to, uh, you know, bring a Christmas good or cheer to people, you know, and I think that. Thing uh, let me you... let me add to that too, um, Hubert, and why I personally thought that it was a bad program because, like you said, you said that population, Bomopan and those southern districts, some of them have almost ten thousand um, people. Then you have the Belize City um, division, where some divisions have one or two thousand people. But mm-hmm. each minister or area rep was given the exact amount of money. Obviously, it wasn't a program about equity. And even if you analyze it from a, a financial point of view, it would almost seem that it was a program to award the small constituencies that has kept this government in power, which is Belize City. Mm-hmm. Because you could spread around $90,000 quite easily in Belize City versus going out district that you spent, like you said, even population-wise. Mm-hmm. But here's my biggest problem with it. Non-elected officials are controlling public finances. Mm-hmm. That was one of my problems with it. Mm-hmm. My number two problem is there was no qualification process. How are you going to be handing out things to people that they have come up in their own mind are poor. What if I'm not poor? Mm-hmm. And you show up at my house with Christmas cheer. Indeed. I mean, mm-hmm. that is not what the purpose is. And I will tell you from what I have seen personally, I saw someone celebrating on Facebook about receiving Christmas cheer from their unelected official, and she is not, neither poor or needy. That, to me, in this environment, is counterproductive in the sense that if government is using this so that, and and I personally feel that when it is done in this manner, it is a transference from government to their political purpose. Mm -hmm. For example, if government is going to use this money, it should be directed by public servants. There should be a a qualification process, a a salary requirement, or some sort of poverty process where they go to a ministry of, I don't know what ministry that would be, present their qualification, and that is how you qualify for a Christmas cheer. But when it's being handed out to political um, people who are just partisan politicians rather than elected officials, 
then it's really a political party process. Mm-hmm. And that is, in my mind, taking government funds for political party um, purposes, you know, and that is not the purpose of gov- that is not the purpose of money. Period. The, the money that is public money is not the personal piggy bank of the cabinet. They should be reporting. In fact, what Belizeans should demand is a list of every person who benefited from that. Christmas cheer program. How much was given to each person? Because that is the only way we as citizens of Belize can hold government accountable by requiring that government report back to the people, especially when you're going to take millions of dollars and just push it into the society. But you're not pushing it into the society, like you said, in an equitable manner. You're using a political process and a political party process to push it to certain people. And then you look at people who are maybe supporters and say, people will be like, well, where's my Christmas cheer? You know, I'm the one Mm -hmm. who went out there campaigning for him and XYZ got this and I didn't get it. And then you start creating jealousies and, things like that within our society, but that's that's a society that believes that political party equal government, equal personal piggy banks. That is yeah, not the know, process of government. You're correct on that area because and also too, I mean, I think that these policymakers that you know that we that that, that we're discussing, you know, they're not they're not they're not motivated by decisions for at least in this particular case, it, you know, on the basis of, of a societal goal. But instead, I think they're trying to—they're just trying to maximize their own rewards, you know, whether it's power, status, re-election, you know, and, and so forth, you know. And I mean, they're not searching to find the one best way to uh, to, to disseminate, uh, you know, public funds or to to, to help the society. To me, they, they just find—they're they, just trying to find an alternative that they believe will work. And, and I think that therein lies the the conundrum again, because you know we have. You know, the role of the of a policy is to provide the greatest good for the greatest number. Tell me, explain to me how you can come and justify that to me as a taxpayer, why this particular, um, you know, Christmas share program is, 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 is meeting those criteria. And not to mention, you, you know, you, take, you turn around and you, 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 you give out monies or goods to these very same people and you – Using their taxpayers' money because they pay taxes. Bear in mind, these poor people who are getting this stuff—they they are among some of the highest tax because they have to pay a GST and so, yeah. and they already have an income that's low. And so then you turn around and give them a turkey or a ham or whatever it is you're giving to them and say, "Oh, be thankful for our benevolence." To me, that's that's an insult. See, the thing highest is, it's an insult. insult because we know it's an insult. But to them, until they understand that the, the same turkey and ham is their own taxes. So it, it's almost like, and I'm going to use it in this format, you go to the bank and you deposit $100 into the bank, right? And now the banker comes and withdraws your money, your money that you put in there, say it's an account saved for some future event. The, the banker comes and withdraws your money, gives go buy something that you never told him that he could use it for, goes back, take that money and give it to you and say, hey, I was being generous. See, I used your money to give you this turkey and ham. But let's be real. Why is it that Belizeans need to eat turkey and ham? I mean, chicken, it's our Christmas dinner. It should be about family, Jesus, love, and so it's really not about turkey and ham. So even if you're going to be using a policy that you want to feed the poor on Christmas Day, would would it have been any less benevolent to take that same money and buy people chicken as opposed to turkey and ham? Was there even a tender process where different businesses could compete and say, hey, I want to provide the turkeys for or the chicken or whatever, for the people who are going to benefit from this program. The thing is, 
every country should have some welfare system because the reality is that anything can happen. But when your welfare system is completely controlled by political people, it is not a welfare system anymore. It becomes a corrupt system Mm -hmm. because we cannot evaluate it as citizens. I do not, I prefer that a citizen goes to a ministry, it is recorded that this citizen benefited from this amount of taxpayers' money every month because that citizen cannot afford basic living. And that is recorded, and then policies are put in place, job programs, education programs are put in place to ensure that this citizen life can somehow be addressed, that we can find some policy in place to move citizen A from being dirt poor to being middle class to eventually being, you know, wealthy, because we want transition in our society. But the problem is when people are lining up at the minister's office and he's being handed out handouts, how can the citizens of Belize monitor what's going on? How do the citizens of Belize know what programs need to be in place to address these inequities and inequalities in our society? We don't know because it's really a under-the-table type process. And will hold this government to this. They promise the Belizean people accountability. They promise that they were different than the government before. One of the things that PUP faltered with was the fact that they've had this benevolence about them. They gave people money. They gave friends money. They left us with a super bond that almost devastated our country. UDP came in like the white knight, claiming that that's not the way government functions. Government should function with trans, you know, transparency and accountability, which, by the way, that is how government should function. But mm-hmm. now here we are, seven years later, and you find yourself doing the exact same policies that you once claimed was corrupt. Should we as citizens allow them a pass just because we may or may not support them? Hmm. Hubert? um, Indeed, I I totally agree. I I concur wholeheartedly. Of course we shouldn't allow any of our elected. They have a responsibility to to us that elected them. And no, we should not give any uh, of them a pass based on a partisan rhetoric. I mean, because, look, you know, one of the issues that we have is that we have we have produced bureaucrats who are not trained to solve problems, but rather to answer to the mandates of powerful government ministers and, and, and ministries. So, you know, this, this is kind of a very undemocratic political culture, which, which for decades have concentrated power in the hands of ministers and serve at the same time to penetrate the breakdown of the very institutions rule. That, so, so basically most of the people who are these bureaucrats who are in these ministries have become mere emissaries. For these for these powerful government ministers, you know, and they 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 they're not trained to really solve the you know the issue of public policy and see how we can you know formulate and implement policy for the greatest good for the greatest number to, so that our society can be upright and mobile, and we can you know we can promote long-term development and sustainable economic growth. They're not doing that. So you know, um, this so this has resulted in a kind of a stopgap ad hoc wait and see approach to policy development. You know, so. I think that you know when we when we examine when we examine what you know how 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 this whole program and look at the broader purpose of what what it did it didn't or didn't do or what it was supposed to do it's very sad because you know we have a situation where um our country is in that's the paradox of the whole thing we're saying that we lack resources we can't do a we can't do b we can't provide holistic education because we don't have the funds, we don't have the finances, we don't have the A, B, C, D. But on the other hand, here comes, because it's a particular season, we just go ahead and we give out, uh, you know, take $2 million or whatever from the public coffers and just disseminate it arbitrarily and capriciously without any, without any, without any uh, regard to how, how aware or when and accountability. So therein lies you know, what, what we're discussing here, and that's the nature of what this is. It's not a question of us, you know, I mean, I'm not, 
here trying to, um, and I'm sure you're not, but the fact of the matter is I'm not here trying to look at, express any kind of cognitive dissonance or bias remorse for anything. I just think that if you're going to, if you're going to, if you're going to be uh, involved in, in, with the public coffers, you need to be held to the highest of moral and ethical standards. I'm not saying you have to be a saint, but I'm saying that if you're going to be spending taxpayers' money, hard-earned taxpayers' money, then you need to be accountable. You need to be, to be told or showed the door or held accountable for what you're doing. And that is nothing. And if that makes, if that makes, if, if people are upset because you're pointing out area, then, then so be it. That's just the way the ball bounces. is. Because it's unfair, it's wrong, and unethical. Let's say, I'm, I'm not a fan of any government giving up my money just like that. No, if they wanted to give Christmas to you, Salvation Army is there, Red Cross. Yep. I'm sure they could have done a much better job of disseminating funds, and I would be more comfortable with that than to go line up on a, at a field rear, air, uh, rep office, you know, begging for something. Come on, man, that's, that's, that's wrong, and it creates dependency, and it doesn't solve your problem of poverty. But, you know, one of the things are, don't you find it highly strange also, the opposition did not cry foul. I expected, I mean, except for maybe one or two, I expected them to be crying bloody murder on this because, I mean, you're taking all these millions of dollars and just giving it away. That is not the purpose of government. And yeah. what I'm looking for in Belize, and the only way that we will change our culture is to start teaching people what accountability means. And the day election is over, and I keep telling people this all the time when they try to assign political party to people, government should function like this. The day that election is over, you no longer have the support of the people who elected you. That Now you have five years. To regain new support because if I voted for you five years ago, you don't guarantee that I'm going to vote for you five years from now. And that's how both political parties function. I have my supporters, and these are basically how we function politically that now you're a supporter, you are only supposed to agree with everything I say, now that you oppose, you're supposed to oppose everything I say, and you know. To me, one of the saddest things are, is that, um, you, you know, one of the saddest things is to me is I see some of the most educated Belizeans who benefit from one party or the next, who have benefited from the education, some of the top-tier education system, sit and argue nonsense just mm -hmm. to support a party. There is, and you said this before, nobody has, nobody is in control of any good or bad ideas. Not because somebody's PUP mean all their ideas are bad. Not because somebody's UDP mean all their ideas are good. If we as citizens cannot sit and think outside these lenses of politics, we are really silent consenters to yep. the demise of our country, politically, socially, economically. Because if you cannot say this is wrong when it is wrong, then what type of citizen are you? You have to be an involved citizen. The only way citizens can ensure that your government works is to forget the political party that's involved and hold government accountable for the jobs that they are constitutionally required to do. Laws are between our constitution. Government is not, it's not a boys club. It's not a Lakers team, Heat team. It's not about I belong to this party. It's about my money is affected. I mean... My children's level of education. See, government controls every facet of your life, from birth to death. From the day you're born, you have to go register your child. And the day you die, you have to register that person's death. So from birth to death, government controls every facet of your life. So 
with that in mind, you can either be a sheep and just silently follow along. But once you when you silently follow along, you don't get to really become involved. When you see our legal system disseminating in the way it is, where you can only get 3% conviction rate, and you as a citizen have not questioned why you still have the same DPP or attorney general that has not done their job, then you are a silent consenter to the demise of what is wrong in our country. You know? You know? I think what it, you know what we look at is you know the more these two parties continue to govern, the more they reveal, they reveal themselves to be very much alike. We can, can split, we, people can split here if they want. That's you know on differences between them and you know it, at the end all it does is just create more divisiveness and division between the people. But one thing I have to say that you know you have to point out is that you know the, the both both of these parties agree on the premise of the governance and jurisprudence of the current system. In other words. Status quo or bust for them. They're not going to do any serious reform. They're not going to come and say, you know, they're not going to try to educate their members into, into, you know, uh, they're they're the same. You know, they have seemingly conspired to exclude the masses from the political process, other than just like I said, voting for them for periodic elections. So I mean, you know, and then most people, you know, in in our country, that they don't question whether or not, you know, how to, you know, whether or not what these parties are doing or or how they're going about their business, all they know is that they have this gung-ho mentality that, look, I am either red, I'm blue, and if I'm not red, you must be blue, and if you can't be red, then you can't be blue, and you can't be anything else, otherwise you're going to pigeonhole you to define you. And that's basically how it's done. So any, this stifles any kind of creative or ideas that will try to um, make, make it so that um, uh, people can govern properly. And, you know, Belizean's favorite pastime is to blame all their problems on the politicians. And, of course, how convenient, because these politicians, who are mostly lawyers, uh, make easy targets because they purposely perpetrate this, this exaggerated view of themselves and their own rightness. You know, they, they, have, they have come to believe that anything that made their life better also made everything in them around better, you know. They are very but curious. But, you know, Hubert, I did not have to mention about lawyers. One of the things that they found here right in the United States, that the reason why government has been kind of stalemate is because the amount of attorneys that are in the system. See, the way how attorneys are trained, they are, not a, they are not trained to solve problems. They are actually trained to bequeath doubt. They are trained... What is the water, basically? To, yeah, kind of like trained to always be um, advocating and um, against each other. Tedious. And the other thing... Yeah. Belize put attorneys on a very high pedestal that they don't belong. Attorneys are not experts in everything. And what you see in Belize is that people think that because you have a law degree, you suddenly become an engineering expert, Mm -hmm. you become a medical expert, you become an economic expert. No, they need to learn to defer their these these different things within our society to the experts. Belize City, the mayor, which, by the way, I initially loved his policy. I loved the fact that he was different and he brought, you know, he wanted to change things. But just just on a little peek on him, why did not, why doesn't he defer the city planning to a city, city planner, to somebody who knows about building roads and different things? Maybe he has, maybe I'm being unfair, but... Many times these attorneys take on these roles, they do a little bit of research, and they think that they're experts. They are not experts. And until we start depending and um, holding different experts to task, for example, the Minister of Economic Development should have an economic freaking degree or business degree, just like the Ministry of, of, um, the ministry of um Attorney General Ministry has to have a law degree, mm-hmm. just like the Ministry of Health have to have a doctorate degree. I mean, being an MD, mm-hmm. why doesn't an education minister have an advanced education degree? I understand he does have one. Why doesn't the minister of you know different policies within the different government actually? I I, I don't even believe that elected officials should be ministers, but that's a whole different show. 
<laughs> you know, we have uh, more or less 10 minutes to go. But until we learn to defer expertise to where they belong, we will never move our country forward. We have so many people love to say that Belize is just like every other country. We have poverty and all that stuff. But Belize is the least populated country in Central America. One of the least populated countries in yeah. the Caribbean. And one of the least populated countries in the world. However, Belize has a lot of land for a small population. We are a rich resources country with agriculture, um, fishing, tourism, oil, uh, minerals, not to mention the level of how smart our people are. Uh, you know, a lot of these ministers probably have, haven't ridden a bus in Belize in the past, the last time they got elected. But some of the best conversations I've had in Belize have been on the bus riding back and forth and listening to people discuss issues in Belize. We do not have, the, there's a disconnect that has happened in our country. And there's a an, 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 uh, creation of an elite society that's going on. And mm-hmm. I was telling you this. You guess what? I watched that Mandela movie the other day. And I think that every minister of government, whether or not they're in power or opposition, should sit down and watch that Mandela movie because it shows how the more you oppress people, the angrier people become. And eventually, no matter what you do to somebody, you cannot break them. You actually empower them with more anger to overcome different things. We are too small of a country, too rich of a country, to have this level of poverty in our country. It is ridiculous. It It is is ridiculous. You know? Well, I think, you know, Aria, that um, in much of the Caribbean, and certainly in Belize, I think public policy public policy is viewed as the preference of and the values of the governing elite. You know, there's there's definitely not you know you know at least where change is concerned, there's this gatekeeper mentality. You know, where if it's not flowing from upward downward, then then it's not if it's not then it's not accepted. You know, policies you know uh, they, they tend to flow like I said from from upward downward. So in other words, uh, the elite. Opinion is guiding mass opinion. So whatever, like this Christmas Day program, they have decided, you know what? Hey, this must be something good for the poor working class majority. Why don't we just give them, give them some, uh, give them, give out a ham and turkey or whatever we're doing, a box of groceries for Christmas, and that should that should make them feel good. That should show them that we, you know, we really care. And you know, and, exactly. And, you know, it's so sad because you know, you know, we like don't you even practice feedback. Like for example. An area rep doesn't have a big area to cover. I mean, if you're in a division for for 2,000, it's an easy thing to create a simple survey and just survey 10% of your area and ask them, hey, what what changes do you want to see? Do you think a Christmas chair program is what you would appreciate? Or maybe, who knows, your residents might have preferred a park. Your residents in your constituency might have preferred, hey, there's 10 people in our constituency that really need help. Maybe we can come together, which I'm going to bring in now with, for example, that house that was on Facebook. Oh, oh Lord. (laughs) Seriously (laughs) dilapidated living condition for very elderly people. Mm. Who knows? People would have said, hey, you know, maybe I will forego a turkey and ham because I can afford my own. But let's, as a community, help out these people that might need more help. Each area rep should have at least gone out and find out what their area would benefit from. Every single area in Belize is not the same. So to come up with one program and just send out $90,000 into your program with no reporting qualification process. But, Hubert, because we only have uh, five more, seven more minutes, mm-hmm. could you just... Tell me about this program um, that we're trying to do to help out these uh, elder. Well, you are the in- person who has initiated this to try to help out these elderly people that live. Um, is it Hunter's Lane? Fuller's Fuller's Alley. Fuller's Lane in Belize, yes. in yes. Belize City. So, could you please tell us some more about that? Sure. Okay. We, um, I 
the, well, the photo that Arya is discussing, I had posted it on my on my Facebook blog, you know, page, and I came under tremendous criticism, the saying that I was partisan, that I was uh, embarrassing the country, that I was uh, showing the bad parts of belief. So I said, okay, fine, I won't say anything else. Why don't we just, uh, why don't we, since you know that's how everyone feels, let's adopt a, a, a intervention. So I I started a GoFundMe account. And I ask people to contribute, and the goal is $10,000. So if we collect the $10,000, we're going to get something so we can fix up, the, at least provide some structure. And, temp, and Could you some, also describe you know, what, what the fun. structure is like and who lives there? Well, the, I think the, the family, as I understand it, is a, is a Figueroa last name. I don't know if they have any, any kids in the States or, you know, or any kind of you know, siblings or relatives, but there are three older people that live there, I think 71, 54, and, but they're senior citizens. And the guy needs to take a ladder to climb upstairs on one of the structures to get in, a little old man or whatever. And so, What is the structure like, though? What is the... They're dilapidated. You know, they're for dilapidated. the people who haven't seen the picture. And by the oh, way, you, you could go at um, com, and I will post Hubert's um, um, fund me so that we can help these people out in Belize. To so you could see the type of structures that they live in, but please continue. Yeah, these are very dilapidated structures that, that I mean, worse than eyesores. The fact, and I don't even want to say that they're eyesores per se, but the fact that people can live in these inhumane, you know, um, conditions, in sanitary conditions, it's appalling in the, in the 21st century in Belize City. And, and you know, and I, again, I'm not going to point fingers or blame, cast, you know, apportion blame. The fact of the matter is, this kind of stuff happen because it's allowed to happen and i said to myself okay fine i took the criticism you know what time i'm not going to blame anybody or point discussing or analyzing anymore you want to help let's see if we could do this and that's and that's what and that's where i'm at with these with this i'm not going to get into any long drawn out you know analytical why this whatever it is what it is and if people want if they if, if you if you're not comfortable with seeing something like that if it if it's if it elicits moral outrage in you then Go and contribute. Go to the GoFund and put something in there so we can say, look, we did this. You know, We're not asking the government to do anything. We're not asking. We're just calling civil society, private citizen businesses. Do what you can to help these people. We're not going to apportion blame on anyone. And that's the spirit in which we, you know, I started this thing. And, you know, um, as citizens of Belize, we need to kind of depend less on government for every single thing because, that is one of the problems. If we sit there and expect government to be paying our light bill, water bill, and doing every single thing, well, then, and then everything is dependent on elections in Belize, well, then what will happen is that government won't function its purpose, which is happening, mm-hmm. and government will spend most of the time trying to um, look good, make people feel good, while in the back then our economy is crumbling because these programs are not being implemented to help our society. These programs that are being implemented by the government are not helping Belize society. Handing out turkeys and ham have no type of, um, we, we get nothing back. We get no investment from it. The people of Belize have just given out millions of dollars while we still have a $1.1 billion inter, um, um, international debt that we have to pay. How Projected can we to go to billion. these countries? Think about it. How can we go to these different world uh, entities and say, hey, you know, we are really poor, we need help, but, yeah, I just give away money with no whatsoever thought in between. And honestly, the opposition need to have rejected that money because five years from today, I'll be honest, Belizeans will not remember this chair program. Mm-hmm. At election day, they will want to know, what are you going to give me today? So what the opposition should have done is rejected this money. We have 90 seconds. They should have rejected this money, and they should have gone and descri- explained to people why it is the way it is. Hubert, thanks very much for being on the Thank show. Thank you. You know, um, check out my blog, www.twocanview.com, and I will be posting this um, show, and I will be posting um, Hubert's uh, initiative to help out two people.
on uh, Fuller's Lane. Um, any parting words, Hubert? Six or seconds. Oh. No, I want to thank you. I mean, uh, I hope people contribute to the fun, and you know, um, and you know, let's do it because it, you know, it's you know, it's it's the right thing to do, and we don't have to blame anybody to to, to do it. Just, just let's just get it done. Thank you, Aria, and have a happy new year. Same to you, everyone. Have a very happy new year, and goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.